Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, thank you, Abby. Right. Thank you. So, man, welcome. Welcome to Avenue Church. I got to tell you, this last service, my wife was our experienced host, and she's out there at Avenue Kids making a difference. And how many appreciate our Avenue Kids uh, A-teamers? They are just loving on your kids. They're doing a great job. Come on, give it up for them. And so they're doing an amazing job. And so, uh, man, I'm excited. My name is Pastor Jeremy, along with my wife. Man, we just have the honor of pastoring this great church. And I got one more quick announcement. And I'm wearing a shirt. And so in two weeks, we are, <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt, right? I'm wearing I Love My Church shirt. And in two weeks, we're going to be giving these away for free on August 26th. So turn to your neighbor and say, a free shirt, right? Then turn to your second favorite neighbor, all right, because you totally ignore them, and say, you got to be there, all right? You got to be there. You got to be there. So on August 26th, it's I Love My Church Day here at Avenue Church. Never done this before, and we're excited, because how many love your church? I love my church. I love Avenue Church. And I got to tell you, if you're not there on the 26th. Sometimes, man, dealing with Christians. Hello. All right. So if you're not there on the 26th, you don't get one. If you're not there on the 26th, you don't get one. If your husband's gone, he don't get one. All right. Like, we're going to be, we're going to be thug. All right. We're going to be a little OG here. Okay. Because we want to make sure you are there uh, at church. Our host team will be ready. All right. Like, didn't I see you before? And you got like a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> We want to make sure you are there on August 26th so we can celebrate what God is doing. Why? Because I really do love my church. I love this church. I love that we're multicultural. I love seeing different cultures, different races, different people represented. I love my church. I love that we're multi-generational. I love that we have different ages. We have junior hires and high schoolers sitting in Sunday morning service. Why? Because they love their church. We have grandparents and parents all in the same place. I love my church. You know what avenue looks like a little bit of heaven? A little bit of heaven that someday we're going to go to heaven and we're going to be worshiping God. We're going to be praising, her, praising him. And then also we're going to be like, how'd you get here, right? <laughs> they let you in. Why? Because Avenue looks like a piece of heaven. I love my church. I love that this is the place where people can know God, where they can find freedom. I love that people are getting plugged into small groups. I love that people are sharing their life. Many people, i got to tell you, many people in Las Vegas said Vegas people don't do small groups. How many know? We do small groups at Avenue Church. Why? We're inviting our life. We're inviting our Christ. So people are finding freedom in groups. People are in growth track every single Sunday. Why? Because they want to discover their purpose, that God created you for a purpose and on purpose. Why? Because I love my church. And people are making a difference every single Sunday at Avenue Church. I'm, come on, somebody. 7.30 a.m. We got a crew that's here on Sunday mornings. People are tearing down, right? <laughs> yeah, somebody, praise God, right? People are tearing down. People are going over and beyond. We got the cheer guys. They come, and they're in their early 50s, right? They're in their early 50s. And they'll do chairs together. And when they do chairs, they go out and have breakfast. Why? Because they love their church. I'm excited what God is doing. But let me tell you this. On August 26th, we're starting a new series, I Love My Church. And everybody, 
Everybody gets a free shirt. Babies get a free bib. Toddlers get a free shirt. Everybody gets a free dogs. All right, cats. Everybody is getting a free shirt on I Love My Church Day. But please hear me out that we are not the greatest church in Las Vegas. There's lots of great churches, lots of great life-giving churches. We're not the greatest church in Las Vegas, but we strive to be a great church. We strive to be the best church. Why? Because we love God, we love people, but we pursue excellence, and we're always choosing joy. We're always choosing joy. That I've realized that we all want to be great, but I've realized that it's what makes us great is what we do. What makes us great is what we do. What do you mean by that? They did a survey. They surveyed a bunch of um, NBA basketball players. And in this survey, and I shared this with our leadership team on Tuesday night, they surveyed a bunch of basketball players. And after the end of the survey, they realized that basketball players really wanted to play on a losing team, a team with a bad record, rather than sit on the bench of a championship team. What does that mean? Meaning they want to play the game. They want to have purpose. They want to know they have value. I'm here to tell you, we don't want people sitting on the bench at Avenue Church, but thank goodness we don't have a losing record. Can I get an amen? But they wanted to say, you know what? I need purpose and significance. We all want to do something that matters. That's how God programmed us. That's how God created us. That people want to know they're valuable, that they matter, that we want to be a part of something that we're actually involved in. So this series is called Win the One. And we find this all throughout the Bible of Jesus winning the one. But here's a story in the Bible. So turn your Bibles, if you have Bibles with you today. If you've never had a Bible, we'd love to give you a free one on the sides. You can take those, our usher team's ready to give you one. You can get on your phone, your Android. We love you if you're an Android or Samsung. God has better, better for your life. Or you got iPhone, pull out your iPhone out, go to Uversion app, use Facebook, check in on Facebook, take your notes there, Snapchat, Instagram, I don't know what else it is, right? But I want you to make sure you're taking notes or you get your old paperback out. Come on, somebody. And uh, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 9. I'm fired up. We had a good service at 930. So y'all ready? Y'all ready for this one? I'm fired up. So Mark chapter 9, here's what's going on in verse 33. Here's what's going on. The disciples are walking on the road and they're having a conversation with one another. Kind of reminds me of like an internship program or like a college students or like maybe you're all in a major together or maybe a group of friends and, and they're all having this conversation say, hey, I wonder who's going to be the greatest. I wonder who's going to be the best. I wonder out of all of us, who's going to be famous, right? Like who's going to go out there and make a significant difference? And so here's Jesus. He begins to confront them in Mark chapter 9. This is what he says. After the disciples arrived in Capernaum in Seatown, they settled in a house. Jesus asked his disciples, hey, hey guys, what were you discussing out on the road? And they were like, oh, dang it, like we forgot. Like Jesus hears every day, knows every day, like crap, you know. He said, what were you guys talking about on the road? And this is what they said. They didn't have an answer because they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Like, I'm the GOAT. No, you're the GOAT, right? Like, greatest of all time, right? Who is the greatest? And he sat down, and he called 12 disciples over to him, and he said, listen, listen, listen to this. Whoever wants to be first must take last place. Whoever wants to be first must be last, 
and you must be a servant of everyone else. You must be a servant to all. Then he put a little child amongst them. I don't know where he found a child. He's like, he's Jesus. Like, boom, ah, there's a child. All of a sudden, there's a kid. Brings a kid in, and he puts a child among him. He takes a child in his arms, and he said, listen to me. This is how it is. This is what it looks like. That anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. See, I realized, I was reading over this passage of Scripture, the disciples, they were not just arguing about greatness, but what they were really arguing about was purpose. I want purpose in my life. I want to make an impact in my life. And for many of us, that's typically where our arguments come from. Our arguments come from God. Am I going to make a, where is my place? Where is my calling? Where is my role? I'm here to share with you today that our real need is not prominence, it's significance. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. That's why people will, will quit their jobs and move across the country. That's why people will make career changes and, and help start a church, right? The crazy ones, right? That's why people will say, you know what? I will lay my life down, and I'll do something that doesn't look like I'm first, but I'll do something where I'm last. I'll do something where I'll serve, and I can make a difference. That's what I love about our church. And our, at, at Avenue Church, if you jump right in, you will always have a place to fit in. If you jump right in, you always have a place to fit in. I even love last week, we had a first-time guest. He's been in our church just a couple of weeks. He texts our number. So that number you always see, text Avenue to our number, text Water to our number if you want to get baptized. And he texts this number. He just said, hey, what time do you guys set up the church? And so we text back. It says 7.30. All of a sudden, he showed up. What happened when he showed up? We didn't be like, what are you doing here? Or like, like, you didn't go through growth track. Who are you? But we said, come on in, right? Because if you jump in, you always have a place to fit right in. That is the way it is at Avenue Church. So I'm here to tell you today, if you want to win the one, we got to serve the one. If you want to win the one, we got to serve the one. That Jesus really was trying to paint a clear picture. He said, guys, guys, listen, listen. Greatness, this is what greatness is. There's a difference between greatness and love. Because if you truly love somebody, you'll serve them. You'll serve them. That the best way to serve is having an attitude. Is having an attitude. What do you mean by that, Pastor Jeremy? I had to look it up this week. Attitude, we're going to go Webster's Dictionary, all right? And here's the Webster Dictionary. It says this. I, was, I love this definition. It says an attitude is a settled way of thinking. It is a settled way of thinking. I've settled it. This is my attitude. It's my settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something Typically, one that is reflected, catch this please, that is reflected in a person's behavior. I can see your attitude by your behavior. I can see your attitude on Facebook. Can I get a hello, somebody? Right? Hashtag hello. I can see your attitude on social media. I can see your attitude by your everyday life. I got to tell you, I was getting ready for win the one. Okay, we're going to do invite, invest, and, and we're going to do some great points. And all of a sudden, God, I believe, led me to this area to say, if you want to win the one, it's all about your attitude. It's all about your settled way 
of thinking. It's all about what your attitude is like. So I'm going to ask you today, does your attitude always win? Does your attitude always win the one? That our attitude will determine our witness. Our attitude determines our influence. You know, if you go to my family, we have a Bosma statement that I've been saying for quite a while. And even yesterday, I said it out of nowhere. And because uh, our AC broke this week, glory to God, praise them. Come on, somebody. And then our fridge broke. Yes, come on, keep going. Yes, yes, yes. You know? And I said the statement, and my family, they'll roll their eyes. My wife will cut me off and complete my statement. And so I'll always say, hey, guys, like AC broke. Hey, guys, listen, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines, and my, my, my little six-year-old cut me off like, altitude, you know what I mean? Like, shut up, Dad. Like, what'd you say to me? I didn't say nothing, Dad, you know. But your attitude determines your altitude. You determine if whether you go up or you go down. You determine how high your attitude will go. Romans 12.2, check this out. Romans 12.2, I'm excited for today. I'm pumped. Come on, somebody. Romans 12.2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not look like the world. Don't wear denim on denim all the time, okay? Just do not be conformed to the world. But be, but be, come on, stop. But be, but be, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Does it say body? Like if I renew my body, I'll win everybody over. No! Does it say renewing your family? Like, hey, pastor, I'll be a better Christian if you got rid of my, like, renew my family, and I'll be a better, I promise you, I'll be a better Christian, right? No, it says renew your mind. Your attitude begins between your ears. Your attitude begins in your mind. That God help me to have a new way of thinking or feeling that will serve others and love others. I'm here to share with you today, the more you renew your mind, the freer you become. The more you renew your mind, the freer you become. So in order to grow up, you got to go down. God, I want my attitude to be determined by my altitude, but I also have to be last. I'm going to serve in order to be first. So all I do is win. i got to give you a disclaimer. 930 kind of helped me out here, but I thought of this title, and then I Googled it to make sure there's no copyright infringement, and I found one thing, so I had to write it down. But the title of my sermon today is, All I Do Is Win, Win No Matter What, What. I raise my hands up, and I keep them there, keep them there. You're all a bunch of heathens. That's okay. I'm praying for you. See you and grow track. I got you, prayer partners, catch them. But your attitude determines your altitude. My attitude stays up, and it stays there. It stays there. Why? Because all I do is win with my attitude. All I do is win with my attitude. So I'm going to jump in. Here's some attitudes that never win. If all I do is win, win, here's some attitudes that never win. I want you to write this down. Fear. I want you to write this down. Fear. We talk about this all the time at Avenue Church. We always say fear is the opposite of faith or that fear has to be, you know, faith just has to be greater than fear. There's lots of things in life that we're going to do. Many of you, you're going to take a step today except Jesus. It's terrifying. It's scary. Many of you next week are going to take a step of faith and get water baptized. It's scary, but I always say do it afraid. 
do it afraid. But faith has to be greater than fear. But fear is an attitude. Fear is an attitude. And for many of us, we are comfortable in our fear. We are comfortable in our fear. Oh, I have this, or I have that. And I'm saying God wants more for your life. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. That fear is often your daily attitude towards life, and you, you will not win that way. For many of us, we have a fear of attending church, don't we? We're like, hey, we come to have a new church? No! <laughs> it's going to burn down. Like, they're going to check my ID. They're not going to let me in. Now, how many know this is a great place to start your walk with Christ? But how many know, many of us, we have a fear of serving? I've seen this before. I've heard this before. But many of us think, man, I don't meet the spiritual requirements. I'd be a hypocrite if I serve on the A-team. Here is the requirement, all right? Breathing. Breathing. That's the requirement to be on the A-team. you got to breathe, but you got to breathe two things. you got to breathe oxygen, but you got to breathe our vision. you got to breathe our vision. you got to breathe oxygen, but you got to know, man, I, wanna, I want people to know God. Man, I want, I want to invite people. I want people to know God in the worship experience, through the music, through the greeters, through the message. I want people to find freedom. I am so sick and tired of being people being uh, uh, sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of people not being free. I want people to discover their purpose and make a difference. God has placed gifts inside of you that are dormant because of your fear. And God is saying, come on, let's flourish that gap. Come on, let's use that gap to win the one. To win the one. I believe that many of us are here. You believe you'd be a hypocrite. And every single day, the enemy reminds you of your past. Every single day, the enemy wants to remind you what you did last night, an hour ago, on the way to the parking lot. Enemy wants to remind you of your path so that you don't get into the game, so that you'll stay on the bench of a winning team. I want to encourage you today. Let's begin to see what God can do. Let's not give in to fear. Water baptism. I believe many of us were afraid to get water baptized. And so here's what I want you to do today. You're sick and tired of being afraid. And you're saying, I'm ready to get in that water. I'm ready to get dunked. I'm ready to get baptized. I want you to put up, up, uh, put up that number behind me real quick. Get your phone out. Text this number right now. I want you to text water to 727-8280 and say, I have decided. I am ready. Give me a week to think about it, but I'm texting it right now. Why? Because I won't let fear stop me from proclaiming what God has done in my life. Can I get an amen? Can I get a come on somebody? Why? Don't let fear keep you from action. I remember in in high school, if you know me in high school, I, I same guy I am today. I, I, you know, I, like, I have fun. Uh, I was always joyful. And, and I remember going into my English teacher's class, and she did mythology and English literature. And so I walked in, and she, you could see her attitude. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I could see that attitude right there. Like, I'm going to watch out, right? The enemy, your adversary, roars around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour. That's her right there, you know? Like, she had this, this, this look on her face, like, I will stab you if you come near me. And so I come in a classroom, and, and for like most of the semester, I'm trying to get her to laugh, right? I'm telling jokes, right? Nothing. Can you believe she went laughing at my jokes? Can you believe that? That's crazy to me. It's just blowing my mind, right? I couldn't get her to smile. I couldn't get her to smirk. I couldn't get her to do anything. She was a tough teacher. And how many of you teachers, you got to be tough, right? Like going back to school tomorrow is like prison. you got to kill somebody in the first day. That's right. You obey me. 
so I remember reading Macbeth one day one of her favorite stories and reading Macbeth and and we're all opening up on our page to 5,065, you know, and we're all reading along, and she's the only person in the classroom reading. She loved this story. And so she was reading Macbeth out loud, and we had to follow along with her, and my ADD was freaking out. I was going like, I cannot do another minute of this. Like, I'm going to lose my mind, right? And you're like, do you have ADD? No, I don't. Look at the squirrel over there. You know what I mean? Like, it's insane. So I'm sitting there, and so I'm trying to follow along, and all of a sudden, I decide to do something. I didn't think about it, because men don't think, right? I didn't think about it. I just decided to do this. And, and so as she gets to the end of the paragraph, I cut her off. And I start reading. I pick up where I cut her off at. And so I'm reading it. And Macbeth went to the castle. And, and you can hear a pin needle drop. Everyone was like, you know what I mean? Like, like he's going to die. Like, they're, they're planning my funeral. And so I'm reading this thing, and I'm sweating. I'm nervous, but I'm reading it. Like, I don't care. I have decided to follow Jesus, right? And so I'm reading this thing, and all of a sudden I get to the end of the paragraph. I'm terrified. I'm scared. And then when I get to the end, I nudge my friend. Like, you read. And he's like, no. I'm like, read. All right? Blah, 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 blah. Read. And so he picks up in the next paragraph, and then when he's done, the next student picks up, and they're reading reading the book without her. And I remember I look up going, I'm going to die. Like, she's going to kill me. I messed it up. And when I looked up, she's looking at her own, at her own book. She's following along with the students that are reading, and she had this little smirk on her face. I was like, what is that? Does that hurt? Does that hurt when you do that? Does that hurt a little bit? Like, is your bone structure broken now? Like, what's going on? But I knew that I pleased her. Why? Because fear will keep you from action. It's time to get in the game. It's time to make a difference. Number two is pride. Number two is pride. Pride is an attitude that if you think you're better, you won't be a go-getter. If you think you're better than them, you won't reach them. Jesus told his disciples, go therefore and make disciples. Go therefore and make a difference. Go, therefore, and be witnesses to me in Judea, Samaria, to Las Vegas, to the United States of America. Did you know what's simple about pride? Pride is an area that you can't see, but everyone else can see it around you. That people can see pride in your life. That pride is, 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 is a dangerous thing. That pride is an attitude that you cannot hide. Pride is an attitude that you cannot hide. I want to share with you that I'm not talking about good pride, all right? Like, good pride is I love my church. You got to hear about my church. My church is incredible. It's all of that. Pastor wears really white shoes. It's incredible. You got to come to my church. The people are amazing. They're friendly. All those things. But I'm talking about the pride where you're better than others. The pride that says, man, I don't, I don't want you in my life. The pride that, that can really eat away at you. Once you catch this, First Peter chapter five, verse five. This is what it says here. It says, "I love this." It says, "And all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another." I want you to catch that. It says, "Put on humility." That every day, guys, we got to put on humility. Every day, we make a choice to wear humility. That instead of asking, does this make me look fat? We got to ask, am I humble today? Am I being prideful today? And already I saw some of the guys like, no, it doesn't, Pastor, right? Thank you. Thank you. That doesn't make me look fat, right? But you're saying, am I humble? Am I prideful? That it is a choice 
you choose what you wear. You choose to wear the attitude of humility. Here's what I love about our church. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Our greeter team, our host team, ushers, anybody in this building, that we have a we have something that we do here as part of our culture. That if you walk into our church and maybe it's your first time, we don't go, hey, is this your first time? And you're like, ah, oh, dang it, you know? We'll say, hey, how long have you been coming here? It's so great to know who you are. My name is Jeremy. What's your name? But the second question we always ask is we ask, where'd you come from? What's your story? And many of us, I mean, some people will say, hey, I came from Michigan. And we're like, well, let me pray for you. Okay, come here. It's warmer here. You know, like, we love you, you know. Uh, some people will say, I came from a different area. But many of us will say, oh, I came from such and such place or such and such church. And our team knows. We say, oh, man, we love that church. We're not better than that church, but we love that church. Why? Because we want to take the position of humility. We don't want to say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, and that. We want to say, no, that is a great place, and they're doing great things. Different packaging of the gospel. But how many know we're going to take the posture and clothe ourselves with humility? We're not a prideful church. We're proud of our church, but we're not the best church. We are a humble church. Another attitude is blame is blame. This is where we got to be careful. That in our pursuit to win the one, that all I do is win with, that if you blame others, you won't reach others. That if you blame everything, you won't do anything. And for many of us, I think we're all guilty of this. Like, did you invite that person? Well, you see, like, the sun wasn't in the right place, and, you know, the, it was too windy, and, 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 you know, I was waiting for him to say, do you have a church to go to? I was, they didn't say that. You know, like, I, I need the perfect place. How come you're not serving? Well, because I got a lot of issues in my life. How many know we all got issues, and that's our leadership team, right? We all just want to make a difference. But we have to be careful to have the attitude of blame that too many of us are playing the blame game because we don't want to accept responsibility. i got to encourage you today, don't blame and get in the game because I'm going to rhyme all day because I don't play, okay? Because <laughs> all I do is win, win. I know some of you are like, he's rhyming again. Why is he rhyming? It just flows out of me. I'm an artist. <laughs> the next one is Negativity. Negativity. Your attitude creates the environment in your life. Listen to me. If you think negative thoughts all the time, you're only going to say negative things. Here's what the Bible says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. Check this out. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9. Truly, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, what, if anything is excellent, I want you to catch that. If anything, nothing's excellent. Find something that's excellent. Look for it. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Focus on the positive. But I'm here to share with you, what you focus on, you will always find. What you focus on, you will always find. If you're here at Avenue Church, I'm going to find something negative about this church. I keep hearing great things about this church. I'm going to find something negative about this church. I'm here to tell you, you will find it. It can be the smallest thing, the biggest thing, whatever it is. You will always find what you're looking for. 
If you're doing a relationship with somebody, man, I, I once got hurt because I invited somebody in my life and they did me wrong and now I'm, I put up this wall and, man, I'm looking for anything that's a red flag in my life. I'm not saying don't use wisdom, but I'm telling you what you focus on, you always find. You always find. We've got to be careful of being negative. We've got to be careful of being negative. Change your attitude to win the multitude. See the best in others that no one will join your party if it's negative. Like, oh, man, my church, like, like they won't let me use my gift. I am so gifted in this area. Why won't they use my gift? I think they're all just full of themselves, and they don't know what God's created me to be. Oh, by the way, you want to go to my church? It's so awesome. What you focus on, you will begin to find. The Father, forgive me. Instead of being first, I choose to be last. Instead of being one to be served, I choose to serve. I choose to make a difference. That a negative person will use the smallest mistake for permission to leave it all. For permission to leave it all. And I want to encourage you with all seriousness. That offense is a choice. Offense is a choice. And that can be offensive to some of you today. Like, shut up, you know. But offense really is a choice. Because I believe that God doesn't want you harboring unforgiveness towards someone in your heart. Because what that's going to do is going to completely deteriorate you every single day. And God is here saying, you've got to release that offense. That I'm pretty sure that, that it's, it's, it's legitimate. I know that they hurt you. I know they did something wrong. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot hold on to that. Because you are a better person, not a bitter person. And God says, I'm going to release that offense. I'm going to give it all to you. Why? Because that offense is making me negative. That offense is making me mean. That offense is ruining my relationships all around you. I'm here to tell you that people will let you down unless you're serving them. Unless you require nothing in return. Unless the goal is giving and giving zero expectations back. So I encourage you today, allow God to heal you of that. My heart breaks for offense. I've had offense in my life and said, God, take it. God, take it. Here's the last one. Worship team, come on up as I close. It's complacency. The attitude that complacency is an attitude. That you will not win-win if you have a complacent attitude. That complacency will remove the zeal to invite. Complacency will remove the zeal or the passion to invite. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I want you to catch this here. Do not be lacking in passion, but keep a holy passion. A holy passion. How do I get passionate again? How do I have a holy passion? By serving the Lord. When we begin to love people and serve people because God loves people and God wants to serve people. God, I pray, give me a passion and a fire today. I'm here to tell you, fervor means full of fire and passion, but it doesn't mean you're loud and crazy. It doesn't mean you're like Pastor Jeremy up here sweating, screaming, spitting. Like, that guy is passionate. Man, his toes are on the edge of the, like, this guy's incredible. It doesn't mean loudness. Passion is not a volume. It's what's within. It's what's in your heart. It's what you're passionate about. And that's the same word fervor 
that was used originally for Jesus dying on the cross. That Jesus had a fervor and a passion to die on the cross for you and I today. Have you ever been cut off by someone so, so passionate? You're like, yeah, uh, my wife and I, we went to a Greek place, and they're like, oh my God, th- like that restaurant is amazing. You're like, calm down, like chill out. Like, oh my gosh, have you heard of this new weight loss thing? Ask me how, here's my before and after picture in your Texas thing. Like, calm down, like we love you. I know you're passionate about that. Why? Because what you're passionate about, you can't help but share it. You can't help but talk about it. So Matthew chapter 9, this is what Jesus said. He saw the crowds. He had compassion on them. They were harassed. They were helpless like sheep without a shepherd, like people without a leader. And he said this to his disciples. He said, guys, listen, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of people to be won, but the workers are few. And I believe it's because workers are in fear. Workers are playing the blame game. Workers are being negative. We're not being last instead of first. And he said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So I want to encourage you today that your passion will leak for not winning the one. I want to encourage you today that if you're like, man, I haven't been passionate. Man, I haven't been making a difference. I want to encourage you today, invite somebody into your life. I want to encourage you today, start a small group. Open up your home. I want to encourage you today, group start in September. We're going to have uh, small group leader training or those that simply you don't want to teach. You just want to open your home and put food on the table. We have that as well. But I want to encourage you today to invite people into your life. I want to ask you today, when was the last time you invited someone out to dinner? When was the last time you invited somebody over to your home? When's the last time you invited somebody to Avenue Church? When's the last time you said, man, when's the last time you began to serve? You began to serve. I saw a great quote this week by John Orberg, and it said, when Jesus came as a servant, he was not disguising who God was. He wasn't hiding who God was. He was revealing who God is. Lord God, that he came to this earth not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. That is why we love Jesus. Why? Because we were in sin. We were lost. But how many know when sin abounds, grace abounds much more? How many know when we're dirty, beaten up, and bruised, God takes us out of the miry clay, and he sets our feet upon the rock, that he heals us, he cleanses us, and he said, now go make a difference. Go win the one. Go win hundreds of ones. Go make a difference in lost Vegas, Nevada. I believe with all my heart, in order to win the one, we're going to serve the one. Because all I do is win, win, win. So I want to encourage you today. Can I pray with you? And here's what I want to do today. Normally, I'll just pray and we'll repeat a prayer. I'll dismiss you guys. But I really believe that God orchestrated some things in this message. Because I thought it was going to be like, invite, invest, grab an invite card on the way back. And man, we're going to invite somebody this week, bring them to church. Why? Because does Avenue need to grow and get bigger? No, because our passion needs to grow. Our fervor needs to get on fire. Man, we need to realize, I'm tired of being first. I'm going to be last and begin to serve. But we got to get rid of, of some offense. We got to get rid of some fears in our life. We got to stop the blame game. We got to have forgiveness in our heart. We got to say, God, I'm sorry for being so negative. God, I give you any negativity in my speech and in my heart. And Father, I give it to you. You know, the best way to serve is through our worship. It's through our worship. 
So for many of us, we're like, raise my hands. I don't want to raise my hands. You know, like, raise my hands up and keep them there, keep them there. But why do I say that song over and over again? Because I want us to have a posture of worship today. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to pray with you. But here's what I want us to do. Our singers are coming out. Our band's coming out. But I want you today, maybe you've never worshiped like this before. Maybe you're uncomfortable. Maybe some fear is creeping into your heart right now. Maybe you're being negative. Maybe you're listening to the enemy. And the enemy's saying, don't you dare. They don't know who you are. You're a hypocrite. They don't know what you've done. And how many know God saying, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what I created you to be. But you're carrying some things. So will you raise your two hands and say, I'm tired of carrying offense. I'm tired of carrying fear in my life. Go ahead, worship team. I'm tired of this. Today, I want to worship. Today, I want to have an atmosphere of worship in my heart. So just take a few moments. Say, God, I give it all to you. God, I release any fear. Father, I release any blame in my life. Father, I release anxiety. I don't want to be that person anymore. God, I release negativity. Father, forgive me for the words that I'm speaking today. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Heal my heart. The Father, I forgive that person right now in Jesus' name. They don't get to live rent-free in my heart no more. Why? Renew my mind so I can live free in Jesus' name. Come on, worship team. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Father, we give it all to you today. I throw my hands up. of us today, right here at Avenue Church. I believe in right now that not only are you knowing who God is, not just church and worship, but you're knowing who God is, but that you're finding freedom right now in your seats. Freedom from your mind, freedom from our bodies, freedom in Jesus' name. In 
Jesus' name, I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Everyone say this out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I let go and I give it all to you. Say, Jesus, you were raised to life. Now raise me to new life. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my attitude. That today, I choose to be last instead of first. Say, today, raise me to new life. That I'll follow you all the days of my life. I want everyone to say this out loud. Say, I am saved. I am redeemed. And I'm a child of God. Everybody shout it. Amen. Come on.